Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. What's up, everybody? I want to welcome you to Church Online. Um, we're so excited here with my wife, and we're doing this from our house. Um, we are shelter in place, quarantined, like many of you. And so we get the opportunity to share from God's word uh, together in the comforts of our own home. So this is a, a fun, unique opportunity for us. Um, so I want to talk to you, and we want to talk to you today as we continue this series through the book of Mark. Um, for those of you that are new joining us, we've been walking through the book of Mark verse by verse. That's something that we do at our church. We love the word of God. And so we walk verse by verse through books of the Bible. We've been on a two-year journey. We're in year two of the book of Mark, and we've come to Mark chapter 7 today. And uh, I don't know about you and what you're walking through in this whole situation with COVID-19, this mm -hmm. virus, but I know that I've been talking to a lot of people, and many people have been like, how is this going to end? You know, yeah. like, what is this going to look like? What's the world going to look like? What's my life going to look like when, when all this, like, finally, like, we come out of it? Like, And, and there's a lot of people that are really filled with fear and anxiety. And uh, so within that is the title of our message today, which is this, I know how the story ends. And then in parentheses, we're mm -hmm. saying with faith. And so what's really cool about our God is that we know how this story is going to end yeah. when we have faith. Because with God and with faith, we're going to come through this. We're going to come out of this and we'll be stronger uh, we'll be better. We'll have learned. We'll have grown. God's going to take care of us. Mm -hmm. And so when you have faith, you know how the story ends. But maybe you're listening to this online and you don't have faith. You don't have faith in God. And you are really wondering, like, how is this going to end? Or maybe you are a Christian, but you're still wondering, yeah. how is this going to end? We just want to encourage you today. When you have faith, you can rest assured that you know how this is going to end because God works all things together for the good of those who love him. And so we know how this is going to end. We know how it's going to end. We're end. coming out of it. And it really points to that one song that we sing, I'm going to see a victory. And yeah. victory we can expect because we are connected to the ultimate victor who has who has written our stories. He is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. And we sit on the side of a victor. So victory yeah. is ours. That's so good. And if you are wondering, um, Chrissy does wear hats in the house. So <laughs> that's why she's rocking it today. So let's read. I want to read from Mark chapter 7. Um, we're continuing this series um, through the book of Mark. We've called it Marked by Jesus because once we get to know Jesus. Once he touches us, we're never the same. Mm -hmm. um, we're changed. We're marked forever. And uh, just to set this up, Jesus here is at the peak of his popularity. Mm -hmm. So everywhere he goes, there's a crowd. The crowds follow him. He has just gotten done. He feeds the 5,000, which um, the Bible tells us was 5,000, but it says 5,000 men. So really it was more like 15 to 20,000. Takes a few loaves, a couple fish, and multiplies it. Feeds all these. Then they cross over the sea uh, the disciples go on a, on a boat ahead of him. Then he walks on the water. Mm -hmm. um, there's a storm. You guys can go back and watch these messages. I'd encourage you to go on our YouTube channel or uh, Spotify, iTunes. We have podcasts. You can listen to these. And uh, he calms the storm. They cross over. Chrissy spoke a great message two weeks ago on the crossover and what happens in that. They cross over. They end up in a town called 
Gennesaret, or I don't know how, however you want to say exactly it. exactly how you say it. Um, some people say Gennesaret, uh, but they end up Genesaret. in this town. They end, yeah, Gennesaret. They end up in this town, and uh, and God begins to do miracles again. Jesus begins to do miracles again there, because the second they touch down, it says they can't even eat because the crowds follow him, and again he starts to heal because they bring all the sick of that region to him. Um, so now, I mean, Jesus and his disciples have been at it. I mean, they've been going hard. Feeds, feeding the 5,000, go through a storm in the, on the water, cross over, mm-hmm. get to land, can't even eat a meal, already, you know, sick are being brought to them. And then finally, Jesus has this moment where we actually see where he tries to get away. He tries to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about a vacation, but a break. And it actually tells us that he makes the trip. Um, he makes the trip to Phoenicia, um, and, which is a part of Syria. And so it tells us here that he's in in, in uh, Sidon and Tyre. And so what happens is he makes this trip, which is, um, they tell us, around 40 miles from Capernaum. So Capernaum was right there next to Gennesaret. And so they make this 40-mile trip, and they actually leave the land of Israel. This is one of the only times we see um, in all of the Gospels where Jesus leaves Israel, goes up to this land or this area, this region, which was a port city, and it says that, you know, he goes there to rest, to get away. So let's read uh, Mark chapter 7. I'm going to read real quick for you, verse 24 through 30. And it says this. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. I love um, this scripture, but before we really dive into it, um, you were talking about how Jesus was wanting to take a break, and at the height of his popularity, everybody recognizes who he is, and um, he couldn't really take a break. And I think sometimes we can think about that in our situation right now. We, um, we, we, this idea of ministering, it's like, man... I would love a break. I would love just this break or this vacation from meeting the needs. And maybe I can take this break because I don't have to see anybody. I I have to be socially distanced. But here's the thing. Every single one of us is called to ministry. And we want to be like Jesus. And we want to continue as the church to meet the needs of people around us. And that's just going to look different in this season. But I believe that this time of COVID-19 and shelter in place is not a time to take a break from ministry. And we see in Jesus' example, as much as he wanted rest, like many of us are still, there's there's an element of resting right now by being shelter in place, but Jesus still ministered. 
He still mm -hmm. ministered in this time where he was seeking rest. And I'm telling you, when we can um, when we can prioritize rest, yes, but answer the call of ministry, then we should do that even in this state that we are in as a community and really as a world. And so I just want to ask you today, what are you doing to minister to people around you? It may look different. It may mean connecting with people more, text messaging, phone calls, Marco Polos, jumping online to, on an online group and meeting with your community and encouraging one another, who are you praying for? Because you can't be with somebody in person, that doesn't mean you can't be praying for them. So yeah. who has God put on your heart to minister to through prayer? And honestly, with a lot of parents struggling right now, we are all homeschool parents. Yeah. We have become homeschool parents. It's been not difficult. My <laughs> um, no, we love our kids. And that's an opportunity to not post every meme out there about how exhausted we are. Let's start saying, I'm going to change the atmosphere in my house. As yeah. a church, our goal is generations and to reach generation to generation. And it's a time for us to have impact in our families' lives and impact in our homes. What are our children seeing us doing? How are they learning to trust in God in a time of major uncertainty? We get to set the tone. We get to minister. I'm telling you right now, for anybody who is wanting to be a minister, who is wanting to help meet the needs of people in, in, in a community that you really can't right now in the way that you would like to because you can't touch anybody, you can't be near anybody, your greatest ministry platform, if you are a parent in this place, if you're an aunt, uncle, grandparent, your greatest ministry is your home, is your family. So yeah. this is an opportunity with COVID-19 to minister. That's good. Yeah. So Jesus, he gets away, tries to get some rest, this area of Tyre Sidon, and we have this moment um, this encounter of him with the Syrophoenician woman. So this is a Gentile woman. Um, and, and she comes to him with the need. Her daughter is demon possessed. She's um, struggling. And I'm guessing that meant that the home was very chaotic. Mm -hmm. um, any of you that have children, you know how protective we are of our children. And, and this woman mm -hmm. um, comes to Jesus with a big need. But she also comes to Jesus with really big faith. And I wanted you to hear mm -hmm. that yeah. because uh, we actually see in scripture in the, in the gospels, Jesus only commends two people for their faith in all of the gospels. One of them is the Roman centurion and the other one is this woman. So twice in all of the gospels, does Jesus commend mm -hmm. anyone for their faith? And this is one of those instances. In fact, Jesus often is chastising the, the disciples for their lack of faith. Mm -hmm. And here's this woman who comes along, a Gentile, um, someone that, uh, you know, they may have even looked down on as Jews, and she comes with great faith, and as a result, she receives a great miracle. And so I just want to encourage you today, this idea of, we know how this story ends. I know how this story ends with faith. Yeah. It's when you have faith, it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter how big this virus is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that you may be facing a layoff or, or you know, lack of employment or less income. We know how the story ends with faith, and that's God coming through every single time. And so what we want to talk to you about today is what a life of faith looks like. Because in, in order to know how this story ends, and I know you want to know how this story ends, you have to have a life of faith. It's with faith that you know how the story ends. So that's what we want to talk to you about today, is what a life of faith looks like. So first. First, a life of faith looks like presenting our burdens 
to Jesus. Here we see that yes. Jesus just finishes wiping away the belief that certain foods were unclean or clean. And this, this story immediately follows. And, mm -hmm. and I just wonder, is it an opportunity for Jesus to show everyone that his, the gospel message and healing and him moving in their lives is not um, for any specific person. It is for all. It is for the clean and the unclean. Mm. Jesus is an empathetic God. He wants to meet the needs of people. And so he's asking us, present your burdens to me. Yeah. He wants to carry them. And so um, in another account, Matthew 15, 22, it says this, a Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is a demon possessed and suffering terribly. And this, this phrase of crying out, um, it's the word kratzo. And it really, really shows us this loud crying and this loud wailing. I, I wonder if some of us are feeling that right now and all this uncertainty and all this fear mm. and all this pain that is happening, are we inside or even externally, are we crying out to Jesus? Too often, I believe that we stop ourselves from showing any emotion. And at the risk of appearing undignified and sometimes prioritizing self-preservation, we become self-reliant. And I think that we hold on to our needs and we try to take mm -hmm. care of our needs ourselves. But Jesus is saying, lay your burdens down. And if it means to cry, and if it means to weep, then go ahead and do that. Jesus says to us that you have not because you ask not. Tell me what you need. I want to meet your needs. Yeah. And when we don't lay our burdens down, when we don't present our burdens to Jesus, there's a degree to which we become inauthentic humans. We act like we have it all together. We become self-reliant. We become self-preserved. And I don't think we're being honest with ourselves. And in order to get our needs met, we need to be honest with ourselves so that we can be honest with God. So what are we doing? Are we presenting our requests to God or are we preserving ourselves? He's telling us, cry out like this woman yeah. did. I want to meet your needs. When we cry out, we're saying, I believe that you want to meet my needs. I believe that you're an empathetic God. I believe that you want to take care of me. So present your burdens to Jesus. Yeah, I think uh, as a self-proclaimed robot and my <laughs> wife will often tell people that like yes. you have no emotion you know like sometimes every once in a while yeah occasionally <laughs> i'll show it but i found that because of my propensity to bottle things up and feel like i just got to handle it that i actually and it is out of self-preservation mm -hmm. um prioritizing that that i actually won't always bring even my needs to god yeah. and it's pride, right? Like yeah. it's our pride that says, I have to have it all together all the mm -hmm. time. I, it's my pride that says, I can't, you know, ever show weakness or that I need help. Mm -hmm. And yet we have a God that's like, bring your needs to me, as you yeah. said. Like bring, you know, undignified, um, whatever it is, you're desperate, you're in your desperation, mm -hmm. bring it to God. And that's something that I think as men, we struggle with. Yeah, But and listen, I don't think it's just a male issue. No, you're In right. this day and age where women are, I got this, independent women, it's all about what we can do. All the women. Yeah. I know. I mean, I love that song. <laughs> but I still think that our generation and the women of our generation have become self-reliant. Right. And yeah. so it's just really, it's just human nature. It's a human nature yeah. thing. You're right. Absolutely. So a life of faith so we can know 
how the story ends. Um, it takes, it means that we persist in asking Jesus. So one thing I love about this woman is her persistence. And any of you that have kids, you know, like kids are persistent. Um, we're home now all day long with our children. And that means like a lot more interaction with them than normal. And, you know, they know we have some snacks. Most of our <laughs> snacks are healthy, but we also have some unhealthy snacks. Mm -hmm. And my kids every hour are asking me for the unhealthy snacks. Dad, can I have this yet? Dad, can I have candy? Dad, can I? And we shouldn't even have candy in our house. Right, all That's the snacks. That's my bad. He, he went to a grocery, um, on a grocery run and definitely brought a bag full of snacks. That's what happens when I go grocery yeah. shopping. Uh, but they are persistent. And I'll tell you this, their persistence pays off. When they <laughs> harass me hour after hour, you know, Dad, can I have candy? Dad, I finally be like, all right, if you do this, 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 and this, I'll let you have a candy, right? The persistence pays off. And in the same way, I think like our God is a God that responds to our persistence and persistence actually shows faith. And here we see this woman, um, if we go to the account in Matthew and Chrissy referenced this earlier, the gospels, you know, the synoptic gospels, we, we call them, this is the same account in Matthew chapter 15. And it says that he, uh, this woman asked Jesus and it says he did not answer her a word. So he, she actually asked Jesus and he just doesn't say anything. And uh, that kind of like struck me funny that Jesus just doesn't respond. But here's this woman, a Canaanite woman, a Syrophoenician woman, not out of Israel. She's Jewish mm -hmm. and she's begging and Jesus doesn't answer her. And it actually tells us in Matthew 15, 23, it says that um, the disciples then go to Jesus and beg him to send her away. So mm -hmm. what's happening? This woman is like harassing them harassing Jesus. She is being persistent. Mm -hmm. It says that the disciples are finally like, look, we are over this. You know, <laughs> We are over this woman. She's wailing. She's you know crying out. She's begging. Can you just ask her to leave? They had actually got to the point where they're like, we don't want to help you. Jesus isn't going to help you. Jesus sent her away. So in that, uh, in that account, it actually is different in that Jesus doesn't respond immediately. He doesn't say anything. The woman keeps begging. The disciples finally come to the point where they say, Jesus, just send her away. And then finally, Jesus responds. And I would just say to you, like, prayer is mm -hmm. also about persistence. And like Jacob, who wrestled with God, yeah. and he's wrestling with God, and God actually puts his hip out of place, and, and God tells him, like, let go. And he's like, I won't let go until you give me yeah. my blessing. And I love that account in the Old Testament because it's a, a reminder for all of us to just say like, man, God responds to the prayers and the persistent cries of his people. So I would say to you, you need a miracle. You're a believer for a miracle. We want to see God move and get us through this situation. Um, we want him to continue to provide for us, move forward. We need to cry out to him. Maybe yeah. you have a big need in your life. Continue to cry out to him. Why? Because yeah. God responds to our persistence. And uh, here we have this moment though, where, where Jesus actually then says something to the woman that I think many of us would would be offended by. And he, he gives this analogy and he says to her, he says, the bread is for the children, right? It's not to be given to the dogs. And I think some of us would be offended by this. And uh, I love that this woman isn't offended. Hmm. And, and sometimes like we hear that, we're like, man, that's kind of like harsh of Jesus. That's kind of messed up that he would say that. But this woman isn't offended by it. She actually is just like, okay, you're right. She just responds like, you're right, but I'll take anything, right? I'll mm -hmm. take the crumbs. 
And I think offense can keep us from receiving the fullness of God's yeah. plan and God's purposes, his promises. And so I just want to encourage you guys that you would stay persistent. Persistent. He tells her, essentially, when she says, when he says to her, like, the bread's not for the dogs, um, he tells her, look, it's not your turn. And we actually see in scripture where it says, to the Jew first, then to the Gentile, in Romans 1.16, that this, this message, this gospel was for the Jew, then the Gentile. And sometimes I think we can hear that and, and in a world of offense, because we are very easily offended today. We can hear this and be like, why would Jesus do that? Well, God is a God of order. And this gospel, like Jesus knew, I got to start with my people group, the Jews, and then the message is going to go out from there to all of the world. In fact, this whole passage, this whole chapter is Jesus saying nothing's unclean anymore. Mm. The, the section right before this, which we preached on last, um, met last week, told us, it said, Jesus said to them, look, it's not what you eat that makes you unclean. It's, you know, what's already in your heart that makes mm -hmm. you unclean. So essentially Jesus was saying, nothing outside of us is unclean any longer. The food isn't unclean. So I don't think he was actually like um, saying, oh, this woman's unclean and Jews are clean. I don't think that's what he was mm -hmm. doing. I think what he was doing was saying, there's an order and this is my order, number one. And then number two, I think God sometimes will, will do things to pull out the faith in us. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he gives this woman a response that actually pulls out yeah. greater faith in her and mm -hmm. out of her. And I, I love here that, that he says this to her and then her response leads, her persistence leads to her receiving the promise that, and, mm -hmm. and the miracle that she was asking for. And so I just wanna tell you like, some of you have been waiting and you've been asking and you've been, you feel like you've been persistent. And I just wanted to tell you, you thought that maybe God wouldn't, but I want to tell you that if you're listening to this message, he will. And just keep asking, keep being persistent, keep believing, keep crying out and saying, God, I'm, I need this in my life. And I believe he will, but it's in his timing and it's according to his order. And it yeah. often looks different than ours. It looks different because I believe that persistence can give you perspective. You know, Ooh, the more that we're persistent, good. the more he gives us the right perspective, yeah. the more we ask for it, the more we see our need in all different angles. And, and so, I think too, like we're only persistent when we're desperate. And sometimes yeah. God gets us to the point of desperation where we realize we can't do this without him. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. this woman was desperate. She knew nothing else was going to help her daughter. Mm -hmm. And that gave her greater faith than ever in her life where she was like, I'm not going, I'm not going to leave mm -hmm. like Jacob. I'm not letting go mm -hmm. until you give me my blessing. That's good. That's good. Well, third, a life of faith also looks like um, when we posture ourselves with humility before Jesus, posturing mm. ourselves with humility before Jesus. It says in verse 25 that she fell down at his feet. And I, I love this image mm -hmm. of falling down at our, that, at our Savior's feet, saying that I do need you. I need you and I recognize yep. that I cannot meet this need in my life. And when we say that there's no room for me to work anymore, um, we get to a place where we we let go of ourselves, our self-reliance, we let go of our pride, and we make room for God to work when we humble ourselves and yeah. posture ourselves with humility. You know, I, I love this idea of posturing yourself with humility, and I want you to see it this way. Um, when our heart is so full of pride, there's no room for God to fill our hearts with mm. anything. Posturing ourselves externally points towards the disposition of our internal, um, our, our, what's happening internally. 
Yep. And so when there's pride in our hearts, there's no room for God to work. So when we humble ourselves, then we empty our hearts of ourselves. Mm, and on. God can fill our hearts with what we actually need. Less of us and more of him. When you posture yourself in humility, you yourself decrease and he increases. Yeah. And so I love that. In Mark 7, 27, he says, um, you're, not a, you're not a child. And again, she isn't offended by this. And, and again, don't carry anybody's offense. Yeah. So Mark 7, 27, he's telling her, you're not a child. Like, and she totally has that. Yeah, he says, you're a dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he calls her a dog, you guys. And so there's potential for her to be offended, but she doesn't carry this offense. And she's so humble. She's humble enough to receive these words from Jesus because her need is so great and her need can only be filled by him. And so Jesus is saying, you don't deserve this. And she's and, and he's saying, this isn't for you. And she says, I know it's not for me, but I'm going to... I, I believe that I can receive it from you because my, uh, my need and, and the mercy that you can give me is greater than anything I can provide myself. So that's the gospel message, that we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it, it. And that's the gospel. And so her response and so her saying, you're right, I don't deserve it. I need to be saved by you. You need to meet my need. And I'm not going to have this need met until I receive something from you. That is the gospel. And that is the posture that we need to have. Mm -hmm. And she's saying here that, God, the mercy that you have is greater than any of my unworthiness. It's mm. greater than any guilt. It's wider than any wandering. It, it is stronger than my weakness, greater than any sin. I'm going to ask wow, you for yeah. everything because only you can provide that. You are greater. But here's the thing. Humility isn't humility when it becomes guilt-ridden and self-deprecating. Mm. You know, she didn't just sit here and, and, and say, oh, I need you and grovel. Sometimes when we posture ourselves lowly, you see groveling and you see um, like, yeah, the self-deprecation. But it's not humility anymore when we, when we sit in like self-deprecating need and almost guilt-ridden uh, mindsets. But here's the thing, humility isn't humility when it becomes guilt-ridden and self-deprecating and shameful. She's not asking this out of shame. You know, she's asking God to help her, to save her, to, to, to intervene on her behalf. And a lot of us are wanting God to intervene on our behalf. Most of us need to recognize our dire need of Jesus. And sometimes that means recognizing that we're sinful and that we need a savior. And that's true humility. But we don't want to stay in self-deprecation and shame. Real repentance is characteristic by, yes, deep humility, but also joyful confidence to ask Jesus to come and save us. And when we can have that deep humility and also joyful confidence in who he is and what yeah, he can do in our situation, it. that is when the power of Christ is released in our lives. And that's when love transforms us and changes us and changes our situation. Yeah, the confidence isn't in us. It's yes. in him. Yeah. It's not in what we can do. Mm -hmm. It's in what he already did. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And who he is. And that's mm -hmm. who she I mean he hadn't died for, on the cross yet, but she was so convinced in who he was yes. yeah. that she said, My confidence is in you. Mm -hmm. I'll take anything. Mm -hmm. Which leads to the last point today and that's that a life of faith, uh, one that tells us, right? like we know how this story ends, is that a life of faith possesses promises from Jesus. 
When you live a life of faith, you have promises. And those promises are from Jesus. He is a God of promises. Mm -hmm. And he always follows through yeah. on his promises. It's not until you realize that you're a dog under the table that you become a child at the table. I just wanted somebody to hear that today. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we hear this text and, and Jesus saying this to this woman, we're like, oh, I can't believe you would call this woman a dog. Like, how, that's so <laughs> offensive. It's like, no, 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 no. That's all of us. You know, yeah. like we all, because of our sin and our brokenness, mm -hmm. we're just dogs under the table. And when we actually come to God and go, you know what? That's who I am. Like mm -hmm. I'm a dog unworthy of anything. Mm -hmm. When we recognize that, then God goes, okay, now you can be a child at the table. But it's not until we have that posture of humility yeah. that Chrissy was talking about that we can step into that position as a child. Mm -hmm. um, when you realize you don't deserve it, that's when you actually get it. Yeah. The problem is a lot of us are going through life and we're thinking like, we deserve it. Mm -hmm. um, I deserve this stimulus package coming. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I deserve you know all these things. I've worked so hard. Like I deserve all these things. I deserve the life I have, the toys I have, the house. I At the end of the day, like we don't deserve anything. The gospel actually tells us that we deserve death. But Jesus says, because you're my child and I love you, I'm going to give you life. Mm -hmm. This is the kingdom of God. Jesus actually says, if you you know pay attention to, the, to his teaching in the New Testament and through the gospels, Jesus, is a he teaches an upside down kingdom. This is what he says. Exalt yourself and you will be humbled. Humble yourself and you'll be exalted, yeah. right? He says uh, time and time again, like, Lose your life and you'll find it. Yeah. Okay? So lay down your life and, and you'll pick it up. Everything is, is this upside down kingdom. And that's what he's saying here. Recognize you're a dog and you'll become a child. Mm. Right? If you walk into this going, I deserve this. Give me my, I, I should have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. That's not how this woman approached Jesus. She approached Jesus in a different way. Humble confidence, I believe. Is yes. She approached, yeah. Matthew 15, 26, we see she responds. Mm -hmm. And what does she say? She says, I'll take the crumbs. She goes, mm -hmm. even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. Mm -hmm. And Jesus looks at her and responds. He says, great is your faith. Be it done. And I want you to hear that today because some of you, um, I believe Jesus is saying to us, if you have faith, it is done. Be it done. How does this story end? It ends with you having the victory. Yeah. How? When we come to him with faith, when we come to him with humility, you see the crumbs from our God's table are more than enough to meet our needs. And I don't know if you heard me, but some of our, us are hoping for the bread. We want, you know, we're saying, I need a piece of bread. I need, I need my bread. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, um, I need that. And, and the thing with God is just the crumbs from our, from our Savior's table are more than enough. Yes. We just need a few morsels, a little yeah. crumb, and it mm -hmm. will meet every need we mm -hmm. have. Why? Because God owns it all. He has yeah. it all. And just a little bit from Him is more than enough to meet you and to meet your needs. She goes home, and what happens? This child is healed. Jesus says to her, because of your faith, your great faith, you will receive this, this healing. Be it done. Great faith leads to great miracles. And so I just want to invite you today, if you've been anxiety-filled, fearful, desperate, maybe you've been waiting on a miracle, I want to tell you, you can know how the story ends. And it ends with the victory when you have faith in the God of victories. When you have faith in a God where you say, I'm going to trust just for a morsel, just for a crumb, and knowing that with our God, that is more than enough. But here's what I love about God. He doesn't just give us the crumbs. 
he actually takes us and he says, no, no, you've recognized that you're a, you're a dog and I'm going to make you a child and I'm going to put you at my table and I'm going to give you more than enough heaps and heaps and yeah. heaps. That's the God that we serve. Listen, Chrissy and I are praying for you. Yeah. We love you. And we want to tell you that with faith, we know how this story ends. In this whole virus thing, we know how this story yeah. ends. In your situation, we know how this story ends. And with faith, it's with victory. So listen, yeah. we want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, today uh, we would love for you to invite him into your life right now. Online, some of you are watching behind screens, phones, um, televisions. Um, we would never want to let this opportunity pass without you having a chance to meet Jesus right where you are. And all it takes is what we said. It takes a heart that humbles itself and says, I don't deserve this and I can't earn it, but I, I'm willing to, to lay myself down and uh, with humble confidence mm -hmm. in you, God, and say, I believe in you. I trust in you. I have faith in you. And I'll receive um, the promise of being a child with him. So would you right now pray this with us? If you're, um, if that's you, I would love for you to pray this prayer with me. You can repeat this after me right now. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life, to change me from the inside out. Today, I confess my sin and I say, I, I don't deserve it, but I am thankful that you give it anyways. I'm thankful for the crumbs that you, you give to us, but I'm thankful that you're a God that gives more than that. You give bread, you give great mighty portions to your children and you're making me a child right now. So Jesus, I receive you, I love you, and I put my faith and trust in you. And I pray this in your name, amen. Hey, we love you guys. If you prayed that, there should be a link below that you could fill out and uh, let us know because we want to connect with you and just help you further this faith journey. Um, for the rest of you out there, we're praying for you, we're believing for you, that no matter what situation you find yourself in, that you'll walk by faith and not fear, and know that when you do, you will know how this story ends. Thanks for joining us for this online service. We're so glad that you joined us. And as you know, church is different. And saying that it's different is quite the understatement. And so now that means that church is completely online. But we want to just encourage you that community is our heart here. And the heart of the church is not dead. As we continue to connect with one another online, I believe that we're going to continue to move the mission of the church forward. God has a lot for us. And the best truly is yet to come. Yeah, so we want to let you know about our church rhythms. Things have changed. So this is what church rhythm looks like. It's all online. So first, Mondays through Fridays, we have noon devotionals. And on Wednesdays, a worship and prayer time at noon. So all week, you can tune in live with us. Instagram live, Facebook live. Second is our groups, community groups. We believe that we still need community in this season. And it's all online. So we're doing Zoom calls. We're doing Google Hangouts. So you can actually jump on projectchurch.com forward slash groups and join a group right now. We'd love to have you jump in with one of our community groups today. And then third, church is all online. Sundays and Saturdays, we have services. We actually have five options now. Saturday at 6 p.m. And then Sunday, we have a 9, 10, 11, and 6 p.m. as well. You can jump online, uh, YouTube Live or Facebook Live. We'd love to see you at one of our live services online sometime soon. So we love you guys. We'll see you online. God bless you. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. 
we are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.